Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So happy you've joined me this week. Our guest today, first time we've had a tag team on the show, are Austin and Colton, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Guns. The brothers recently won the tag team titles from the very popular Claimed. They'll be defending the AEW Tag Team Championships at AEW Revolution on Saturday, March 4th, against the Acclaimed. Also, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, and also the winner of the Casino Battle Royal coming up on Dynamite. They're very new to pro wrestling, of course, but they are the sons of Hall of Famer Billy Gunn, despite him no longer being their manager. A fun and interesting path into the pro wrestling world for these two. So here we go with Austin and Colton, the Guns. Very happy to have with me today the AEW Tag Team Champions, Austin and Colton, the Guns. Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversation. So happy you're with me today. Yeah, Woo! thanks for having the champs on, man. Excellent. Come on, man. Excellent. So, Austin, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, the Guns are at the top of one of the deepest tag team divisions in pro wrestling history. How pleased are you to be where you're at so early in the run? And do you think the Guns have only kind of scratched the surface of, of where you're going? Yeah, I think uh, I think when it comes to me and Colton, you can't deny how hard we work on and off the screen. It's like when we're on, we make the most of what we're given. We've been doing that for a year. You put me in the crowd, you put Colton in the crowd, we make the most of it and we steal the show. And then when it comes to work ethic, right today, when we got in from a red eye, we went straight to practice at flatbacks. And then tomorrow we're going to go to flatbacks and then we're going to go there until we go to the show for Wednesday Dynamite in San Francisco. It's just, we've been working so hard for a year and people don't think we work hard just because we're second generation, but we've been working hard behind the scenes. And me and Colton's goal from the beginning was to win the AEW Tag Team Championships. And it, we just keep proving ourselves right that we're doing the right things and moving in the right direction. And we're only combined, we're only two and a half years in when it comes to experience. Colton has shot up past everybody in the history when you think of the history of wrestling when somebody usually starts they don't get their their time until they're like seven or eight years in and we have the AEW tag team championships and he's only a year and a half in it's insane it's in our genes our last name is gun it's just it's just we're we're writing history already and flatbacks is with uh sean spears and uh tyler breeze that's their school yes it is Great, great. And Colton, you've had a, a long partnership and then a rivalry with the acclaimed. Obviously, your, your dad is also involved uh, in that story. What has that rivalry in that series meant to your career? Meant to our career? Well, you know, it's just unfortunate. You know, we 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 were friends and we started coming up. We were kind of at the same place and. You know, we were friends and they just did some bad things. And so did my dad and just some things that me and Austin could not forgive. And we had to take the most important thing away from them. And that was the AEW tag titles. And we did exactly what we said. So that whole thing after this pay-per-view is kind of in the rear view. You know, I'm done with it. We did what we had to do. We beat them for the tag titles. And, you know, we once were friends and now we're not. And that's the end of it. That's all me and Austin will say about it. And we are done and moving on after we beat them again. And Austin, when you won the tag team titles, what did that win mean to you guys? What, what did you kind of think about when, when, when that moment happened for you? Well, me and Colton, like, uh, we always like to check on, check in on podcasts and listen to podcasts just in case from like, we're listening to veterans just to see if we're doing the right things. And then, 
of course you can't ignore Twitter, Twitter, everybody hates us on Twitter. Everybody hates us on Instagram. And just sometimes over time, you look at that and you go, am I doing the wrong thing? Am I doing everything right? And then I look at Colton and go, hell yeah, we're doing the right thing. So it's just like when I, when I was pinning Bowens one, two, three in the middle of the ring and that crowd went silent and I looked at their faces and they were just like, we ripped their hearts out. We ripped their hearts out. Americans top team, just AEW's top tag team that everybody loved. And then add my dad onto that. He had a chance to pick right and, and choose us every single time when it comes to our childhood, when it comes to us in the ring, when it comes to us versus the acclaimed, he had every chance and opportunity to come on our side and be with us again. And he dropped the ball. He chose, he chose wrong. So the only person I can trust in this business is, is Colton. And when I saw that whole crowd, just, just us rip their hearts out. It was the best feeling in the world. It's the best feeling in the world. Cause like all our hard work just goes into one moment and we finally get the tag straps. Come on, come on. You can't stop us now. You can't stop us now. And, and I feel like some of the reaction to you guys, like you said, it, it kind of shows you like, you're doing you're doing your job correctly, you know, it, because you're eliciting a reaction from an audience, whether it's a whether it's cheering or or whether it's you know like heartbreak, like you said. Um, how, Colton, how do you how do you shut out that noise and just try to kind of you know keep your nose at the grindstone, get better all the time? Um, because all these people always want to take shots at us, but they have never done anything in their life, <laughs> so they're just going to sit there on their couch and never talk about us it's just because they hate greatness you know they see i started two years ago i'm already a tag champion we're you know we're not letting their favorites win like their life is not a fairy tale like we are just really good at what we do and that hurts them we're athletic we're strong we're fast and we're really good and that just really hurts them because the people that keep talking bad about us like that'll never be them and that's just sad and they're going to project that on us but we know that we're really good and we have the championship so that's that <laughs> and austin i wanted to touch on this with you uh what made you fall in love with pro wrestling and want to do it yourself obviously we know you know the family history but uh everybody's got their own path yeah, um, in college, I try to do the business route and try to work with numbers and, and go just like what my friends were doing and majoring in. And I just I just I just couldn't do it. That's not how my mind works. And then one of my friends told me I should major in elementary education. And I went, ended up doing that. And I was working with the kids and I was having a great time. I've just always been an entertainer at heart. So when I was in class, they all knew I wanted to be a professional wrestler. So sometimes I was just like, or at least give it a try. So when, the day I graduated, that was the rule from dad and my mom was to graduate college first. So I did something fun and animated and, and made the classes fun for my, my kids. I was teaching second grade. And, and then the day after I graduated, I called dad and I go, I want to try this. I don't want to be 45 years old down the road and be like, man, I had all the opportunities and all the tools there to at least make it work or try to make it work. And I never took that opportunity. So, um, I just jumped right in and the day I graduated, he beat me up for three hours. And I, after practice, I said, I'll see you tomorrow. And then after that day, I said, I'll see you tomorrow. And it just kept going. And I fell in love with it. Me and my dad actually debuted together. And I think it was in Valdosta, Georgia for my first match. And everybody came out. And once I hit the curtain, 
it was just natural. I was a natural from the get go. And being a second generation, you're always going to have everybody trying to, they want you to fail. They want you to fail so bad. They're sitting back and waiting for you to fail. And it's just Colton came into it and just, man, once Colton came into it and we started getting into groove, we looked at each other and go, we've been dreaming about this since we were eight years old. And we took that leap of faith and, and now we, now we're here. And, and you're, and obviously I know, you know, the wrestling story takes you different places with your dad, but you know, your dad has a resume second to none, you know, in, in the industry and also just is a genetic wonder of the fact that he's 59 years old and still doing what he's doing and, you know, faster and stronger than some of the people that are, you know, 25, 30 years as junior at this point. So, you know, with such a famous pro wrestler as a dad, you know, how much did that kind of influence the decision? We'll go to Austin first. Influence my decision on pro wrestling. Yeah. Well, I think just growing up in that environment, when you're when you're meeting The Rock when you're eight years old and he's letting you beat you up backstage and meeting Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker and you're surrounded by the entertainment business and you and there's there's good that comes with it and there's bad that comes with it. But when you mature over over time, you go, oh, man, this is just a business. You're on the road 24 seven. And now me and Colin are getting to experience that every single week. We just hit a red eye. We were only in Phoenix, Arizona for six hours because of delays and cancellations, but we made it. We're at dynamite for seven hours and then hit a red eye and then went straight to practice. So like now I understand what it takes to, to be in this business and really put your heart into it. So yeah, there's bad that comes through it, but when you're growing up around the entertainment business and then you have the personalities that me and Colton have, you kind of just get a, a good feel for what this, what this really takes. And everybody from the outside looking in is going like, yeah, I could do that. That's so easy. But when you're in the mix and you're trying to, you're trying to, you're trying to balance everything in your life, plus hold these tag straps and, and these tag team championships. And and now you're you're even on more of a pedestal and everybody wants you to fail even more. And your second generation, it's just you don't understand the pressure that me and Colton are under and, and how well we take it and how seriously we take this business. So, man, it, when you're grown up around it, I think you're kind of morphed into the mindset of what it really takes. And then when you're on you just take off and you, you kind of just learn how to deal with it. Well, congratulations on all you guys have accomplished so far. And, and Colton, kind of tell me about your path into pro wrestling. You're actually the older brother, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I am actually. So it's weird. Like my whole life I was teaching Austin things and now he's been in wrestling longer than me. So he teaches me things. I kind of have to take a, uh, it's weird, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, my path was just a little different. I, uh, I never really thought, I would get into wrestling. I went to college, I graduated with finance and applied economics degree. And then I was building custom houses in Florida. And then I moved to LA and was doing it out in LA as well. So I was building houses for like Lakers players and Snapchat CEO and all these kinds of people. And I just remember Austin and dad were starting at AEW then. And I would just be sitting in my construction trailer, like going over the schedule for the week or doing whatever I had to do for the day. And I would just keep thinking about like promos we could do or moves and names and all that stuff. I was like, I am thinking about this way too much. So um, I went out to a school out there, uh, Rikishi. I didn't tell anybody. I went one day and I was just like, let me see if I get the bug, I guess after one day. So I went one day and then I called my dad and I said, Hey man, I just went out here. He was a little upset at first. I didn't tell him, but um, 
He's like, well, if you want to do it, you got to come home. So I took off two weeks from work, came home, went to Flatbacks and ran a couple classes. And I was like, this is what I want to do. So he's like, all right, well, then you have to come back and give it 100%. So I went back to LA, packed up my truck. I drove, drove to Orlando, started training at Flatbacks and was on AEW Dark 12 weeks later. Wow. That's a, that's <laughs> and a, yeah. it, it fast forward a year and a half and I am the tag team champion. And you can yeah, never I, take that away from me. So, yeah, I think uh, if I could touch on that first part when Colton says, like, even though I'm teaching him things in the ring, like, you always worry about whether your tag team partner is gonna mesh with you, and that's and that's kind of tougher when it comes to family as well, because like, it's like I couldn't go and pick up somebody else and be my tag partner. That would be really weird. So like when me and Colton first started, yeah, I was teaching him things in the ring and stuff like that. But Colton has always had a great mind for psychology and, and, and everything when it comes to that side of the business and, and when it comes to physical and like uh, kind of like camera angles and where positioning and, and all that kind of stuff, I think that's where I pick it up. So, so I think it's kind of like peanut butter and jelly. It's like me and Colton mesh and have our pros and I have my cons where she picks up and then his cons is where I pick up. So it's, it's not one's better than the other. It's, 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 we mesh pretty like really, really well when it, when we both put our, our, um, our attributes in play, I guess, if that makes any sense. I'd agree with that from the outside. It's very complimentary. You know, you, you guys, the best tag teams always complement each other. So, yeah. and you guys certainly do. So Austin, the rise of gun, the guns of the gun club really took place at Daly's place during the, the time of the empty arenas. Was it difficult for you to know what was working and what wasn't? And what did you kind of learn the most during that time? Um, when it comes to the crowd work and when, when I was in the crowd, I was actually injured at the time with a uh, torn PCL completely. And that happened in my debut match at AEW. And uh, when I got signed coming through the curtain, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be injured for six months. So I need to find something that I'm good at and being loud and obnoxious and supporting somebody as like a crazy fan is exactly in my wheelhouse. So, uh, I drag dad out there and I go, if I, if we're not going to be on TV, if we're not going to be in matches getting better, at least we're going to go su support the boys, watch, uh, our opponents, which we'll have in six months. And we, me and Colton and dad just sat out in the crowd and just gave it our all for 18 hours when we were filming dynamite rampage elevations darks and trying to figure out that whole system i was out there the entire time screaming so when i started first getting picked up on twitter like who's that very annoying kid who's who's colton who's austin who are these kids that are being really loud it kind of gave the fans a chance to see our personality before we even stepped into the ring and whether you hated us or loved us you were going to hear us no matter what and i was going to be on tv no matter what so when it came to the crowd that's kind of how i looked at it it's like if i can contribute in any way this is how i'm going to contribute and then it just snowballed into this i'm taking Sheeta's jacket and i'm i'm just i had a certain thing with every single wrestler so when it came to in ring in daily's place that's when me and colton were kind of really still figuring out how well we work together what moves we like to do how how do we collaborate how do we bounce off each other how do we make the best 
uh, of this situation. And, and, and that was kind of just trial and error. And, and, and like I said, in multiple interviews before this, it's like, we're learning on the go and that's even more pressure. We're having our first in-ring promos on the go. We're having our first live TV matches together for the first time on the road against people like Jurassic express FTR and all these major teams on live television. We didn't have any practice. They said, you're having this match 12 minutes get after it. And we do, we deliver every single time. So it's just, we're, we've been put in crazy situations and we always turn it over and deliver every single time. So that's something the fans don't ever even think about is we're learning on the go and we crush it every single time. And also with the crowd, another thing that we were able to do, like we were sitting front row for a week, for a year, I guess. And we were just studying every single wrestler. We saw them front row every single week and we got to study them know their moves know their tendencies know everything about them so while we were cheering we were also studying and learning them and i think that's something that nobody else has that we do yeah it's interesting it's almost like a live tape study that you have right in front of yourself if you're if you're an athlete and yep. so colton those are some of your first matches if i'm not mistaken your first match was in aw uh, so w- was it kind of key for you at that time to get the reps? I know Austin, you said you went down with the injury, but then you called and you were teaming with Billy, you know, what, what did that time kind of look like for you in terms of your own development? I mean, it was, uh, I was, <laughs> I was thrown in the deep end and just asked to swim. I mean, yeah, my first match was on AEW dark, AEW television. Like, um, Every, the world, everyone in the world can go see it. Everyone can go on YouTube and look at my first match ever, and it's for AEW. And that's I've done a couple indies here or there, but basically all my time has been spent in AEW. And people forget that. Like, I've only been doing this for two years, a year and a half. And, like, I don't know, the development was great because when we were still on good terms with my dad, him being out there with me taught me a ton about just slowing down, staying in the moment, stuff like that. But um, yeah, Daily's Place was good for us and for me. And it's weird because everyone hated the pandemic. But if it wasn't for the pandemic, I don't know if we would be in the position that we're in now because I wasn't signed or anything. And I was driving up to Jacksonville from Orlando, which is drivable. And I was just in the crowd and the crowd and the crowd. And then I got to work and it worked out for me. The pandemic worked out for me in a, in a great way. I, I got a kick out of watching you guys in the crowd uh, and others too. There were, there were a lot of different uh, regulars that were always in those audiences. I watch everything. So <laughs> you, you, you pick up people, you try to spot, okay, where, where's Austin in the crowd on this one? Where's, where, where's like Tesha price on this one? Where's Kylan King over here? You know, but you, you end up kind of, you know, even if you're not into a match or whatever, you're, you're trying to spot what the other participation parts of it are. So uh, you, I, I certainly got a kick out of it. So from, from seeing it. Austin, as, as brothers, do you guys have an advantage other teams don't have? Were you close before tag teaming, or has this brought you closer together? What what does what kind of uh, being in a brother tag team mean to you now? Yeah, I think if 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 you're a tag team wrestler and getting in the tag division, I think you want somebody that you can trust and that you've known your entire life. I think that just adds on to the relationship that you guys have when it comes to in-ring work. It's me and Colton don't even have to talk to each other uh, when we're in there. And it's just, it's when you look at the young bucks, I mean, you know, you see how well they flesh together and and they work together and their relationship is so good in the ring. And I think that's because they share the same blood. And I think that it's, it's something you really can't explain. It's like when twins, when you see twins, it's like, they, they just, 
they communicate without any verbal or anything like that. So when we're practicing together, we already know each other's moves, each other's movement, what they're, what they're thinking in that moment in time and what we need to get accomplished. And it eliminates having to communicate. And I think that's where we have an upper hand in other tag teams is because they're probably still getting to know each other. They don't ride on, they don't ride together to towns. They don't travel on the same plane. Me and Colton live in the, under the same roof. So we are literally with each other 24 seven. And I think not only on top of being with each other 24 seven, we share the same blood and we're brothers and we've known each other our whole life. When you add that together, it, it, it shoots us light years ahead of other tag teams. Excellent. And Colton, having a pro wrestler as a father and also a coach in AEW, I'm curious how that helps. And also just curious of what, what other career mentors you guys might have at this point, either in AEW or elsewhere. Um. So, yeah. So, like I said, before we were on the outs with my dad, yeah. everything that I was thinking, I would tell him and ask for his feedback, everything. And coaching, I mean, he's, like you said, he's 60 years old and still going and still probably has the best physique in the business, not just in AEW, like in the business. Right. It's, it's actually insane. So when we were, you know, all a team and getting along and everything, that was just just a wealth of knowledge I could go to whenever I wanted. And it really, really helped. And sometimes we didn't see eye to eye and I would try it my way and it wouldn't work. <laughs> and I'd have to swallow my uh, my words and everything and then realize he was right the whole time, which kind of sucked and hurt. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great resource. And then now we are very close with every coach in AEW. We always ask for their advice, but like Dean and Jerry Lynn, BJ, um, I'm sure uh, QT, I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch, but like we always go to people and we're always asking for advice or how we can make things better or how we can get better. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're the champs now. So I don't really know if we need that much advice anymore, but you know, we, it's nice to know it's there if we want it. Yeah, definitely. And the, and the thing I, I think I would compare with you guys most to your father um, you know, obviously he's, he's had such a long body of work, but it's just, it's such a natural ability from both of you in the ring. I, th- I think I first saw your father in person at a WWF show in 1995 at my high school oh my of all God. places, actually. Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was the smoking guns against like the executioners or something. I like was that. one years old. Well, I was in high school, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But, you know, you, you know, you go back to even watching him back then, and it's such a consistency. And I see that so much with you guys, too. It's just, you know, how consistent you are in all of your work, whether, you know, regardless of what, who the opponent is or what show you're on. And, and are you guys seeing that? Is that also what you're hearing, I guess? Yeah, I think I it's something. It. Like, I can feel it. Like, right when I had my first match in Days Place, I was like, um, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like I made the right choice and I can just feel it. And, you know, it takes a, people a while to like get their feet under them or know the spacing or timing. And I think you just subconsciously pick it up from, you know, we weren't allowed to watch wrestling too much when we were little, but we were allowed to watch if my dad was on or something. And just like when we would go to the shows when we were little with my dad and we just get in the ring and subconsciously, I feel like you just know spacing and timing where to be, when to be there. And it's, I don't really know if you can teach that. I guess if you have enough reps, maybe. But it's just, I'm not trying to sound, oh, yeah, I am. It just comes really easy to us. And yeah. it's just it's just second nature at this point. Kind of. And that's why it moved so fast. 
too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how, you know, because you wouldn't be where you are right now if it didn't. Right. Um, also, I think you wrestled in uh, Ring of Honor for a little bit before uh, before coming into AEW. Any, anything from that experience that uh, struck you and or, or, or helped you at all? Uh, I'll keep that long story short. I hated my time in ROH, uh, not because of my experiences, just because I wasn't ready to be on my own. And uh, I had to move to Baltimore to go to the developmental system. And once I got there, I was living in a hotel for six months and my whole schedule flipped upside down. I wasn't I wasn't very uh, independent by then. I wasn't cooking my own meals. I was I was overeating. I wasn't pushing myself to work out every day. I would lock myself in that hotel room. And and even though I, I faced great opponents like Brian Johnson, Dante Caballero, and then um, in the main event, Dak Draper, um, man, it just, it wasn't, it was, it didn't feel like home to me. It didn't feel like that's where I needed to be. Uh, that's where I was supposed to be, but uh, it was, I think it ended up being a great experience because it showed me how fast uh, things can kind of get out of hand. If I don't hold myself accountable, if I don't, work very, very hard and push myself. I didn't understand what it took to be in this business yet. And, uh, yeah. And then, um, by the time I got out of there and then moved back to Orlando, I, I got my, uh, I got myself in gear and ready. And then it took me two months to get ready for that debut of AEW, And I haven't even looked back, but, um, I'm not, I'm not bashing ROH. It just wasn't for me at that right time. And I was depressed and I was just not having a good time. And it kind of spiraled out of control. I called my dad and I go, Hey man, this isn't working out. I don't think I'm ready to be here yet. Uh, I'm coming home right now, regardless. It's interesting too. It, it seems like you learned from it though, you know, which is probably yeah. the most important part of it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you put it on the list and, and you move on. Um, yeah. So, so we're going to move on to something we call the three count now. It's going to be three quick questions and your answers. Uh, we're going to start with Austin. So Ass Man seems to be everyone's favorite Billy Gunn theme. Do you have a favorite Billy Gunn theme that's not Ass Man? I would say the DX theme, if that if he's considered in that. Uh, yeah, I know oh, it's yeah. a group. I know it's a group thing, but man, you can't get more iconic than the DX theme. And uh, Colton. I mean, I would say the New Age Outlaws intro, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. can say that word for word, so that's got to be, that's got to be the one. I always enjoyed Road Dog. Always had the rap at the beginning, but I always enjoyed how excited Billy was to say his line every single time. Yeah, he couldn't even wrestle because he was so blown up from just one same <laughs> <Yeah>. one thing. <laughs> he put everything he had into it. It's fantastic. My friends and I used to impersonate it all the time, too. So oh, yeah. that, that, that's mostly it, yeah. why, I, why I enjoyed it a lot. So, Austin, specifically, you mentioned before a real highlight in the crowd during the Daily's Place era was you. Um, what was the best thing? What, what was maybe some of the best things you heckled a wrestler with that you'd be able to say here? Did you have a favorite target? Uh, singing. All right. I'm sick of it by now, but singing Chris Jericho's theme was the highlight because that was my time to shine. Uh, I would just belt that out. And whenever he came on, I, I knew I was ready to rock out. Uh, now I want to throw up every time I hear it because I heard it so many times. Uh, but that was pretty fun. I loved taking uh, Sheeta's jacket and wearing it during her match and being her cheerleader. That was fun uh, supporting her. Um, that, those are probably the two highlights. Everything else I just did on the fly, whatever came to mind. 
That yeah, was fun. And Colton, who for you was the loud, who was the loudest wrestler in the crowd during uh, Daly's place? Oh, the person <laughs> I stood next to every week that would blow out my eardrums. Um, yeah, it would definitely be Austin. But uh, also off that first question you asked Austin, my favorite to heckle was probably Lance Archer and Jake Roberts when they would come out. Mm. Just trying to yell at them and like call and Eddie Kingston and Eddie Kingston calling them yeah. like it's the murder hawk, but we would call him like the pigeon and st- i don't know we were just like yelling at him those were my favorite tackles for sure nice. but yeah austin any- was the loudest he almost- is there anybody that would be like an honorable mention of the of the crowd there i, uh, I really loved that, that uh of the crowd uh yeah. fuego de sol was pretty good man uh mm. he he brought the same energy as we did uh we he'd bring the snacks so we were always fueled up when we were over there and he'd just like sneak over a gummy worm when I was getting tired and just like, yeah, it, it was great. He, he brought so much energy in the crowd. And then uh, also on the other side was uh, Ryzen. Yeah, Ryzen. Ryzen. <laughs> he would he would feed off of our chance and try to get the other side to start in on him. So Ryzen's an honorable mention as well. Yeah, Ryzen. Very good. And last question. Uh, first, we'll start with Austin. Aside from uh, Billy Gunn, who is your favorite all-time member of DX? Road Dog. Road Dog has always been a fan of us. He's told us that from day one. Uh, before he went back, uh, he just, man, he just sat us down and just told us everything we were doing right, everything we were doing wrong, and how to get it done. And uh, I think when you when you see somebody like that that you grew up with idolizing and also being like kind of your uncle figure and then reminding you that everything you're doing is right and that you have the right tools to succeed in this business – Man, he's always been so close to us and always really good to us. So, yeah. What a, what a great tag team they were. And then somebody who knows obviously a lot about a, a brother uh, unit uh, tag team, too. With the, yeah. Well, yeah. Every combination of those guys was always solid. Uh, Colton, for you, uh, favorite all-time member of DX other than uh, your father? Uh, it would definitely be Shawn Michaels. I mean, just yeah. the way he sells and everything about him is you know, everyone calls him the greatest in-ring performer. And that's what I find funny sometimes is like, people be like, dude, they want to be Shawn Michaels so bad. And yeah, like, <laughs> every single, so if you think about it as in like basketball, like people want to be like Michael Jordan. And it's like, no one says that's a bad thing, right? Like, don't you want to be like yeah. the best? So um, yeah, I would say Shawn Michaels, just everything yeah. about what he does is phenomenal. And it's, it's funny, too, that Shawn Michaels, you know, for him, it was Ric Flair. And, and for his entire generation, it was everybody trying to be like Ric Flair. And why wouldn't you want to be like that? Yeah, I mean, you, like, definitely take things you like from everyone. You're not trying to blatant copy. But, like, yeah, yeah you want to be like the best. So why wouldn't yeah. you want it to work for you? So, yeah, exactly. you know, that's, yeah. the way, that's the way it all works, I guess. So, yeah. Um, Austin and Colton, the guns, thank you guys so much for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Just once again, there will be at AEW Revolution, the pay-per-view Saturday, March 4th, against the Acclaimed and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and the winner of the Casino Battle Royal for the AEW World Doesn't matter. Championships. Yeah, our first defense. Doesn't matter. Teams. Let's go. Yeah, what a shocker. Yeah, always <laughs> okay. trying to kill the guns. Congratulations on everything you guys have accomplished and are going to, and uh, thanks so much for joining me. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having us on. Thanks again, everyone, for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I want to thank Austin and Colton Gunn for joining me today. I'd also like to thank Danny Kurth from AEW for his assistance. And join us back here next week for another episode of Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations.